This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. The title of tonight's Solid Talk says, Is this what they will label all real believers? And on the thumbnail, it probably says something to the effect of, Is this the real American civil war? So what am I talking about? You know, years ago on this channel, I uh, made a video where I basically said that World War III, this is one of the very first solid talks that I ever did, World War III is gonna be a war of words. And ever since that video, we've seen it more and more. That video was probably like five or six years ago. We've seen it more and more and more where a lot of this cultural battle and even the spiritual battle is being fought with words because as i've said multiple times when god formulated this earth he said uh let there be light he spoke it into existence he used words and as he used those words these were concepts that already existed in the mind of god but when god actually spoke those words they came to be and so when the enemy wants to form a world that's convenient for his rulership, he wants to form societies and world systems that are convenient for his rulership. What he will do is he will use words to formulate those, that reality. Okay, there's certain things that exist in our culture and in our reality today where these concepts, these words were not a part of our reality, but because he has given them a label right and he has validated them with the label now we it's become a part of our vernacular it's become a part of our existence it's become a part of our reality and so tonight we're going to talk about a word that's being thrown around a lot and if we're not careful it's a word that can be thrown at us okay now is the word going to be thrown at you it depends i'm gonna ask a few questions and i want you to answer these questions just to yourself you know what i mean i'm gonna kind of go down them a little bit and uh i just want you to tell me what you think about them you know or just 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 be insightful right so the first question is is america a christian nation now this is something that we have been talking about on this channel for quite some time but i want us to tackle it or at least think about it is america a christian nation a more important question for this discussion is should America be a Christian nation? What does that even look like? If we say America should be a Christian nation, how does that play out in real time? How about this question? Should prayer have been removed from school? Okay. Or another question to consider, why was prayer even in school in the first place? Right? If you live long enough, you see some old people. I wasn't I, I just missed prayer out of school. I can't remember the exact year when they got rid of it, but I don't think I was born yet. And you know, but you hear older folks always talk about they should have never took prayer out of school. You ever heard somebody say that? You know, it was all good and then they took prayer out of school. That's when things went downhill. 
So should we have ever had prayer in school in the first place? Here's another question. Should we legalize or should we have legalized same-sex marriage? All right. And if so, why? Okay. What's the justification for why you, why that should be legal or illegal? Right. And then finally, at least for right now, Oh no, wait, I got two. <laughs> uh, should we legalize abortion? Right. Why or why not? Right. But these are the questions that we're asking. Right. Um, Okay, and then the main question I want to think about also is, does the believer's fight lie with the cultural, with the culture and the government? Another way to put that is, what is the believer's battle? And where is the believer's battle? Now, y'all know I got to catch my breath. I done ran for about 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds take me 30 minutes to catch my breath. Y'all pray for Brother Greg, get his fitness and endurance up to par. But these are things that we need to think about. These are things that we really need to consider because when I tell you this word, you're going to understand why it matters. So I'm going to get this quick story and then we're going to find out what it is. I was talking to my buddy. He works for a public school system. Sometimes he will vent to me or discuss with me different things that are going on in his school that he considers immoral, right? This basically boils down to what we might call woke policies, um, gender ideology type stuff, and all sorts of different things that they're doing in the schools that he doesn't agree with. And one thing that I asked him when he was complaining to me about these things, I said, do you feel that they should put prayer back in schools? And he said, no. And the reason why he said no is he said, because America is too multicultural of a society. W well, let me back up. The first thing he said was, what do you mean by prayer? And I said, whatever it was when it was implemented, like whenever they did used to have prayer in school, whatever that was, do you feel like we should put that back in school? Now, we know that the prayer that was in schools was centered around this idea of America being a Christian nation. So his answer was no, because we have too many religions, too many different types of people in the country in order to really prioritize one religion over everybody else's beliefs, right? So his thing of separation of church and state, you might even say freedom of religion. This is what he was really justifying as to why, right, prayer shouldn't be in schools. And so I said, well, when you complain about these type of things that you're complaining about, these are moral issues. And if you're saying that there is no place for morality in the schools, then you don't really have a justification to complain about these things because there is no anchor, right? If we don't have a, an established value system, if we don't have an understood concept of right or wrong, okay, then you invite the invitation for anything to come in. And once that happens, you're going to get what you're going to get. And that's exactly what we're experiencing in America today is that there's there are so many uh, things that are being brought in under the concept or the guise of freedom, which we're going to talk about in a moment, that we just get what we get. 
And so the label that you're going to see thrown around, and this has been a talking point for at least a good year now, and this is what they might label you, depending on how you answer those questions, is Christian nationalism. Or they might label you as a Christian nationalist. And so I want to have this discussion tonight, and I'm going to put the invitation right in the chat right now on Facebook and on YouTube. I want to ask this question, right? Um, should America be a Christian nation? If you answer yes to that question, there's a chance that you might get categorized as a Christian nationalist. Now, the tricky thing about this word is the mascot, the icon, or the leader that they are promoting as the chief of this Christian nationalism is Donald Trump, right? The idea is that Donald Trump has some religious people around him. They have an idea of what America should be. That idea is that America should be a Christian nationalist country. So what does that even mean? What actually is Christian nationalism? Let's look at a definition. I saw it in a few articles, but I'm going to kind of look at a few of them and we can go through it right now. This particular article is by Christianity Today. It says, what is Christian nationalism? So we got two words working here. We got Christian and we got nationalism. Why is this important? This is important because we as believers, or at least maybe I can speak for myself, I need to understand where our battle takes place. The battle that we fight as believers is a spiritual battle. It's a battle for the souls of men. It's a battle that we fight through evangelism, right? It's a battle that we fight through the commission that Jesus gave us, which is to go ye forth and make disciples. Now, what we're facing in America is, should the manifestation of that battle be reflected in our country, right? Um, should our laws be based upon Christian principles, right? Should, should we... Uh, be campaigning in politics should we be campaigning in society to see the principles of God reflected in our culture right or is this a thing where believers need to abstain and leave America to its own freedom see the danger in that is you just create this society where your child is growing up in <laughs> basically in Sodom, right? And that's what we're kind of evolving into today. So what you have is people that are saying, listen, I don't necessarily want to be raising my child in Sodom. And so what is Christian nationalism? Um, long article, we're just going to read one section. Christian nationalism is the belief that, Amer that the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. Popularly, Christian nationalists assert that America is and must remain a Christian nation, not merely as an observation about American history, but as a prescriptive program for what America must continue to be in the future. Scholars like Samuel Huntington 
have made a similar argument that America is defined by its Anglo-Protestant past and that we will lose our identity and our freedom if we do not preserve our cultural inheritance. Okay, let's look at what Wikipedia says is Christian nationalism, and then we'll have a clear picture because obviously Christianity today, that seems like it's a Christian article. Wikipedia is probably going to be a little more neutral conceptually. <laughs> so it says this. Make this a little bit larger for everyone to see. Christian nationalism is a type of religious nationalism that is affiliated with Christianity. It primarily focuses on the internal politics of society, such as legalize, le excuse me, teach, teach me how to read, Lord, teach me how to read, <laughs> such as legislating civil and criminal laws that reflect their view of Christianity and the role of religions in politics and social life. In countries with a state church, Christian nationalists seek to preserve the status of a Christian state by holding anti-disestablishmentarianism position, excuse me, by holding an anti-disestablishmentarianism position to perpetuate the church in national politics. Christian nationalism supports the presence of Christian symbols in the public square and state patronage for the practice and display of religion, such as Christmas as a national holiday, school prayer, the exhibition of nativity scenes during Christmas tide, and the Christian cross on Good Friday, right? Christian nationalism draws political support from the broader Christian right, but not exclusively given the broad support for observing Christmas as a national holiday in many countries. So there's a little bit more to it even in that, but I just wanted us to get a picture of what we mean when we talk about Christian nationalism and what it means for America. So to really answer this question, we got to take it back to the beginning because what I realize is that fundamentally human existence only boils down to two belief systems, right? Or, or you can look at it in terms of two belief systems. And those belief systems basically are Christianity and secular humanism, right? For Christianity, you could almost say um, theocracy if you want to insert another religion in there like Islam or something like that. But, but for the sake of this discussion, we can look at Christianity versus secular humanism. And so this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You have God who has given a law. And that law is that they can partake of any tree from the Garden of Eden with the exception of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Whoever buys into that belief system, buys into the word of God being the authority of the land. That's something that was administered by God. And it's a law. Secular humanism is what the serpent brought into existence when he had his conversation with Eve. He says, did God say that you can't eat of that fruit? Surely God knows that if you partake of this fruit, ye shall not surely die. And so effectively, when he when the serpent brought that 
doctrine to Eve, which was the very first false doctrine presented to man, what he actually was inciting in her was secular humanism, which is the belief that the human existence is to be de the human existence and the human conduct is to be determined by man and not by God. Right. And so Eve effectively said she can be her own God. And even though it wasn't that way at the time, what it basically evolved into was lawlessness because God actually gave a law to the land of what he says is right and what he says is wrong. And then the serpent comes along and says, completely disregard whatever God told you. <laughs> Just ignore that, data dump it, throw it in the trash. And then what happens now is it basically breeds lawlessness where the human becomes in control. And so when you think about this now, the Bible says that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to re be referred to as the man of lawlessness. And if you really pay close attention to what's going on in our culture today, what you see is that there's an erosion of law. Okay. People can walk into the store, steal whatever they want. We have sympathy for criminals. They get light sentences. Um, you know, there's, there's huge attempts to legalize things like drugs, things like abortion, things like, um, all manner of evil. Right. And what that really is, is this, this antichrist spirit that's, that's bringing lawlessness into the land It's saying that do as thou wilt, Delema shall be the whole of the law, which effectively is Satanism. Satanism basically culminates into lawlessness and the only law that there is in the law of lawlessness is let me say it this way <clears throat> the only person that can be guilty under lawlessness is the person who actually has a law <laughs> so in other words everybody becomes free to do whatever they want and the only person who is not free to do that is the person who actually has a standard for right and wrong so right and wrong gets outlawed, right? If, if, you, if you hold up a standard of right and wrong, you become the bad guy. Everybody else, regardless of what you do, is permissible, which is lawlessness. That's why when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to solve the world's problems, solve these society problems, quote unquote. He's going to solve them through order out of chaos, which is going to be lawlessness. But the order that he's going to implement is going to be an order that allows everybody to do what they want. And anybody who preaches against that, i.e. the Christian, is going to be marked and labeled. Okay. And the very baby inception of that label is this term that we have now, which is Christian nationalist or Christian nationalism, right? A person that simply believes that our land should be governed, should be authorized and should be legislated by God. Somebody who believes that our rights come from God. And so that's what we're dealing with. This idea of Christian nationalism. God bless everybody that's joining in. Anybody who wants to join in on this topic, the link is in the chat. Let me see if I can pin it. 
Glory to God in the highest. I put a star beside it. Hopefully that means that it's pinned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so that's what the serpent brought. He brought this idea of lawlessness. And so what it does is it, it invites a lot of questions because there are a lot of things that we as Americans call ourselves. We call ourselves a free nation. And so here's a question. Can America truly function as a free nation if we exercise Christian nationalism? What am I saying? So if the Christian nationalist believes that we should celebrate Christmas as a nation, believes that we should maybe have prayer back in schools because that would benefit society, believes that we are one nation under God, just like the Pledge of Allegiance says, right? That person is imposing a belief, a general morality and belief system on the nation which some people might argue is an infringement on freedom of religion or separation of church and state. So this is what we're bumping up against. We're bumping up against this, this idea of, okay, is America a free country? If it is a free country, then I should be free to do whatever I want. I should be free to believe whatever I want. Okay. And I think people should be free to believe whatever they want. Even under the law of God, people are free to believe whatever they want. <laughs> it's just that there's a consequence that will come at the end of that. Right. But that's that's a simple question. Not is America a Christian nation, which we've discussed a lot of times. I want you all to feed back to me. Should America be a Christian nation? Do you think that we should have um, fundamental laws based off of Christianity? Do you think that we should have the practices that we have do you do you think we'd be better off with prayer in school or do you think that we need to keep all of that separate right do you think there should be laws against abortion right because god the word of god is against it says thou shall not kill right we shouldn't be murderers but at the same time america is calling itself land of the free so what does that freedom look like there's been a perversion of freedom. There's been a perversion of how we perceive freedom. Because when someone comes into the belief of Christianity, right? The freedom that God gives is a freedom from sin. It's a, it's that we're being, we understand that we're born in bondage and shaped in iniquity, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, we don't have the power in our own strength to actually overcome sin. So we have to become born again and receive the spirit of God and receive power to become a son or daughter of God, right? So that we can be free to live the way that God has designed us to live, the way that he's ordained for us to live. When someone rejects that, the devil comes with his own version of freedom which is secular humanism, but it's also freedom to sin. So we got two opposite definitions of freedom. You have this freedom from sin, which is the freedom to live right. And then you have this freedom to sin, which is basically the freedom to do whatever I want without consequence. 
And somewhere along the lines, right, America being this land of the free, we have invited everything in. We've, we invite everyone in and it dilutes the foundation. That's why I asked the question, why did we even have prayer in school in the first place? Right. But it dilutes the foundation. The irony is a lot of these Ivy League schools that we have when like uh, Princeton and Yale, when they started off, they actually started off as religious institutions. These these were Christian universities when they were founded. But somewhere down the line through this um, notion, this false notion of freedom or this adopted notion of freedom. Now, if you go to these universities, they're like the most liberal places. They're still religious institutions, but they're preaching a religion of lawlessness and secularism totally and completely opposite from what they were when they were established. Right. So we got to ask ourselves the question, which direction are we moving in? Which way are we trending in? And which way is the right way? Because those that believe in God, if you believe that the principles of God need to be reflected in our nation, then they would call you a Christian nationalist. They might call you a fundamentalist. Uh, it's a whole bunch of labels. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a war of words. But if you believe that humanism is the is the the only thing that we need right then you would be a person who would be uh under that belief system right and so i just want to show you a quick video of kind of where these things are headed and you know why these conversations are coming up and what the mainstream media is saying about it this is an anchor and I believe that she, I saw a headline that says she has since apologized for these comments. So take that with a grain of salt. But I want to listen to what she's saying, right? Because it gives us an indication of what society is thinking, where society is trending right now. Right. Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted mm -hmm. nothing to do with the divorced, uh, you know, real estate mogul who right. had cheated on his wife and with a porn star and all of that. Right. So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element. You're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very uh, very schooled on because they yeah. have a lot of power in Trump's circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man Men, mm -hmm. it is yeah, men, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, for, mm -hmm. Catholicism, for instance. It's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Right. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. But now you have an extremist element 
of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that, as you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama this week, that judge is connected to that dominionist uh, faction. Okay. There's a few things that she said in that clip that I want to point out. The first one is that she said that there's a difference between Christians and Christian nationalists, right? What is that difference? That difference can be twofold. That difference can be that there may be some believers that feel like we have no dealings with politics or the culture, that we need to leave that to the world. That's a worldly thing. And we only need to be fighting this battle solely spiritually, right? That whatever's going on, whatever battles that we're fighting or that we're facing, they're not going to be reflected or solved in politics. Okay, fair enough. But what I actually think that she was talking about is the second option is, which is that you have Christians who believe the word of God, and then you have people who call themselves Christians who don't necessarily believe the word of God. Or it could be that you have people that call themselves Christians who believe that they can be Christians, but that the rest of the culture can exist by itself, that everybody should just have the freedom to just do and act and do whatever they please. And that my business is my business. Your business is my business is your business. And we don't need to have any type of interminglings with each other. The problem with that is when you go to the local recreation center and you put your daughter in a swim class, and you just want your daughter to learn how to swim, you just want to give her a recreational activity, and then a 250-pound man walks in, and he's in the same changing room as your daughter, and this is like a real example. This is not something that I'm making up. Uh, Your daughter is now subject to the exposure of that man because of our passivity, right? (laughs) Because of your either belief that his business is my is his business my business is my business we can't function in a society that way because politics is basically the way that we interact with one another right it's just the way that society operates and we don't operate individually right we 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 are forced to intermingle when we participate in society another example Right. We can go down a ton of examples. Right. But that's basically what it boils down to. It basically boils down to, you know, um, what's a Christian versus a Christian nationalist. According to her, she's basically what she's basically saying is a Christian is somebody who just minds their business. But these Christian nationalist people, they actually want to believe the word of God and spread it. The other interesting thing that she said in that clip is that. I, I want to play it again. Just bear with me real quick because I want to I want to get it right. <laughs> she basically says something to the effect of. The Christian nationalists who have what they believe, she says that they're formulating it out of what they believe God is saying to them. So in other words, she's completely disregarding the Bible. She doesn't acknowledge the Bible at all as any type of authority because the people that 
believe things should be a certain type of way. It's not coming out of thin air. It's coming out of the word of God, right? If we say that, oh, you know, uh, marriage is between a man and a woman, that's something that comes from the word of God. It's not a figment of their imagination. But because this woman appears to be godless, right, she doesn't understand that concept. Let me see if I can catch this real Different quick. Different groups again. orbiting Trump. But the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man, men, mm -hmm. it is yeah. men, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And okay. So basically, she has no regard for Christianity at all. She believes that we as humans secularly need to come together with, with what basis, I don't know, and come to a resolution about these laws, which ultimately, this is what gets back to what I was talking about with my friend who's a teacher, which is that the only way that you can really impose what you think is right or wrong is for you to have a belief system of morality and that belief system has to derive from somewhere and if you if you say that it shouldn't be imposed that no one should be able to impose their belief system by default you invite every belief system in and since existence cannot accommodate every belief system what happens is that you eliminate all belief systems so the only person that becomes the bad guy is someone who has a belief system. <laughs> I hope that made sense. I hope y'all understand what I'm saying here. So I want to get you all's feedback. Let me know how do you feel about, say, should America be a Christian nation or should we have prayer in schools, right? I, I, I just want to kind of kind of do those two because I know I threw a lot of questions out in the beginning. God bless everybody joining in. Sister Safra, God bless you. Sister Safa Moni, God bless you. Laura, Burnish Brass, praise the Lord. God bless you. Moni says, true, Brother Greg. I saw a man in the woman's bathroom. Oh, wow. You know what? This is why I love solid talks because I see this stuff on the news and I do believe that there are real happenings on the news. But when I bring this stuff to the solid talk, Y'all be telling me, hey, let me, let me finish this comment. I saw a man in a woman's bathroom, got scared, washed my hands, and ran for my life. Mm. So let's talk about that. And I'm, 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 I'm sorry that you had to even experience that. But what is freeing the reason why you experienced that? is because America is moving away from being a Christian nation and because no one individually or even in religious groups can determine what's right or wrong. Nobody has a right to tell that man that he's not supposed to be in the woman's bathroom. Now, if this was a Christian nation, <laughs> it would be illegal for that man to be in the woman's bathroom, right? Because we would be basing our laws 
off the principle of what the word of God says, which is that God created man in his image, male and female created he them. Right. Um, and this is why I say this is why I titled the solid talk. Is this what um, excuse me? Is this what they will label all real believers? Originally, the title was this is what they will label all real believers. Burnish says, and what's crazy is the majority of the democratic policies are antichrist. Tell me I'm lying. See, you hit the nail on the head, brother. And that's why I go back to the original question, which is, where is the believers fight? Do we need to have a hand in the cultural battle? Which means that we need to have a hand in politics because I've heard both. I've heard both, and I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. I've heard that believers need to influence the culture and have dominion in the land, which means that they need to vote. And I've also heard that politics won't solve our problems, which for the most part I agree with overall, right? <laughs> but I do think that there are policies, right? that can influence how we live and we can fight to to live a certain way. I can fight for Moni not to have to be startled by a man in the bathroom through policy. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture in the Bible talking about the Antichrist. It says that through policy, let me see if I can find that scripture. It says through policy, he's going to be able to change things. It's been a while since I read this. Yeah, it is in Daniel. Okay. So it says. Okay. So it says this. It says this. This is Daniel chapter eight, verse 23 through 25. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. OK, let me let me let me read that like it like it should read. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully. Wow. And shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people mm. and through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many he shall also stand up against the prince of princes now that prince is capitalized that p is obviously referring to jesus christ but he shall be broken without hand. So this is a prophecy about the Antichrist. And notice there it says through his policy, right? Let me see another version of that. I want to see. Okay, this is the New American Standard. This one says through his shrewdness. Okay. Let me let me try common English. I like that version. 
Okay, this one says, along with his cunning, he will succeed by using deceit. In his own mind, he will be great. In a time of peace, he will bring destruction on many, opposing even the supreme leader. But he will be broken and not by a human hand. So that's what it is. That's what it is. And so this is why I asked the question, where as believers are we fighting our battles? Anybody that wants to join in, you can hit this link. You can come on the screen. You don't have to show your face, but obviously we have to hear you. If you want to comment, if you want to weigh in, want to talk about should prayer be in school? Should it have been taken out of schools? We want to talk about where this nation is headed morally, socially, anything of that nature. Feel free to chime in. But yeah, those those democratic policies, man. Um, and it's crazy because this is another thing my buddy from the world was talking about. Is he went to a he went to a church, an AME church that means African Methodist Episcopal Church. And um, the young lady that he's dating has a daughter, and the daughter was in a some some sort of thing they put on. And it was sponsored by the sororities and fraternities. And they were doing all of that sorority fraternity type stuff. And my friend who, uh, he probably wouldn't call himself a Christian, even though he grew up in church, he was recognizing the hypocrisy of how Christians can participate or believe in Greek fraternities and sororities where they say these pledges to these false gods, they take these oaths, they go through these rituals, they go through a hazing process, right, just to join. So even though they probably wouldn't call it anything religious, these are religious organizations. So he can recognize the hypocrisy, and his thing was he doesn't understand how so much of the black church can be influenced by this. And what I was explaining to him is, it's because a lot of them are not born again. And it's because for those that are not born again, their their main idol is their blackness. And so this is why the democratic policies that you talk about are prevalent in many of the black churches. Why, you know, black churches will tell their congregation to vote uh, Democrat is because the way that this country has the political system set up is you gotta it's a package deal so the democrats are a package deal the republicans are a package deal so you got the the the, the liberals and the conservatives i guess the issue with the conservatives is that they're supposed to be stingy and for their pockets and greedy or something like that <laughs> um, that seems to be the only knock I can I can tell about them morally um, you know some people call them racist I'm not even going to get into all of that but then on the democratic side and see let me back up I don't even think that they're racist right but I think what happens is because they're not necessarily for the people and for social services people translate that in their mind as racism because they're not looking out for the little man aka the minorities so 
That's the package deal that you get with the GOP. With the Democrats, the package deal that you get is uh, gay rights, legalized drug use, legalized abortion, which they refer to as women's rights or a woman's right to choose. You get hyperfeminism. And then you also get on that package deal, <laughs> you also get uh, social services, which typically, uh, I was about to say they typically benefit black people, but I would actually argue the contrary, that if you kind of force people to live morally and to do for themselves, they'll be better off in the long run. But the long and short of it is they have social programs and, you know, Black Lives Matter, that type of stuff. And so because you get these two little things, right, it's almost like if I'm buying a cable package. I think I heard a guy, Jason Whitlock, talk about this, not saying I endorse him or not, but I think I heard him talk about this, how it's like buying a cable package. And I only want one channel, okay? I only want... I only want ESPN. I just want to see the game. I only want the NFL network. <laughs> but because I want the NFL network, I have to subject myself to all of these other game, uh, you know, channels that come with it. And so for the, the black person who is an idolater and in these bl black churches, quote unquote, because the idol is their skin color and their blackness, they are willing to prioritize that over an entire party that basically is blatantly anti-God. <laughs> it's like, obviously, it goes against almost everything in the scriptures, right? And so you as a believer, you wonder, how is this even possible? I remember when I was first saved, you know, before I was saved, I was a Democrat because I grew up in a black family. My parents just taught me that black people vote Democrat. They probably taught me, or at least I overheard them say something to the effect of Republicans are racist or they don't care about black people. Maybe that's a better way to say it. And so that was what I assumed. And I voted for Obama twice. You know, he's a black president. I think that was the, on the only two votes that I ever cast. Because when I was over 18, he had ran those two times. And I was excited. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got a black president. I didn't pay any attention to politics, didn't care about the policies. I just cared that I had a black president. Fast forward to me becoming born again. Have my conversion experience. It's pretty dramatic. I'm a new creature. It was just like something in me just understood logically like, okay, because I think I went to voting like my local, uh, I went to voting something, or maybe I was thinking about voting. I was like, well, you know, the Democrats, they support this. They support the gay rights. They support, um, well, I should say gay marriage. They support, uh, you know, legalizing marijuana. They support abortion. They support, it was like all these different things. When I just sat down and looked at it, I'm just like, it doesn't make sense with who I am to <laughs> to vote for this. I don't want this in the land, right? This is this is not what I want. This is not going to end well. And so yeah, you're right. Those policies 
oftentimes are antichrist. Here's another comment by Sister Laura. She said, oh, we got another example. She says, yes, I was in the restroom at the mall. All of a sudden, I hear a deep voice that did not sound like a woman talking to a female friend. That's a daggone shame. That's a daggone shame. I saw a clip of a basketball game. It was a women's basketball game. I think it was high school girls or something. And you had this one player. If all the girls was about five, between like, you know, five, three and five, nine, this person looked like they was about six, three big injured two female players on the court. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just injured them on the court. And this is why I say, let me see if I can find this clip. It's probably gonna be a little hard to find. Um, No, yeah. Now I forgot to mention, uh, they're six three, but they were born a man, right? I, that was the big, the big part that I left out there. Transgender basketball player injures other players. Let's see if we can find this video. I'm not sure if it's gonna pop up or not. Okay. I don't know. I'm not familiar with this particular um, channel, but we're going to glance at this. I, I can kind of do it out with the commentary. I just want you to see the clip. Except this video showing boys playing on girls. Now, look at this now. <laughs> this is the player. Hold on. Let me back it up a little bit. Let me, let me back it back it up from the beginning. Except this video. Okay, that's the player right there. That's the player right there, right? The player, these are the other girls. I don't think y'all can see my mouse. I'm making a little circle. These are the other girls off to the left. They just look like regular sized girls. This player right here, that's Debo. Showing boys playing on girls teams is anything but fair. It's dangerous. This isn't about the suspected transgender or her or however they would like. This player that you see right here on the ground, she got hurt. She got her back injured. Let me see if they're going to show any more clips. Live in fear of trans. Look at that shrug, man. It's like a rag doll. <laughs> He's throwing that girl around like a rag doll, man. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Seriously. But yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But that's kind of where we are. Money says he was dressed as a woman, so I didn't pay attention to his face. But when he started talking, you could hear a man voice and see masculine features. I was so scared. Mm. This happened before Obama passed a law for men who identify as women to use the woman's bathroom. Man, so that was a while ago. You were looking at a pioneer, right? You were, you were looking at one of the front runners in these movements. Laura says, Moni E, that is scary. It's outrageous that if we were to say something, we would be accused of being transphobic when we were just worried for our safety. As men shouldn't be in a woman's restroom, period. You know, the wild thing about this is I don't want to blame this solely on feminism, but 
the erosion of the genders is how we got to the place that anybody can be any gender. The longer that we operate off of this assumption that there are no differences between men and women, that's what invited the confusion. Instead of us embracing the differences and figuring out how we could complement one another, right? All of a sudden we end up here. And the irony of it is that, and I'm not picking on y'all specifically, is that women who typically do vote liberal, right? Statistically, they are, this is the left eating his tail, right? This, this is why I say that no, eventually the end, the end game of liberalism is that no one has a right to criticize or moralize anything. So, <laughs> you know, it's like we have, we want these rights, but then now the man who wants to be a woman, he says, well, I want my rights too. And so he wants those rights. And now it's coming back to bite everybody that was campaigning. If you really look at why these things are able to gain traction, it's because they use the formula of civil rights. They take what the black people have done. They loop it all in or they, they latch on to it. And then they usher in their cause under the guise of civil rights. This is why oftentimes on these liberal movements and stuff, you'll see all this extra stuff looped in. You go to Black Lives Matter webpage, they might have changed it now, but I did a solid talk about this maybe two years ago. And it's it's they say something about Black Lives Matter, but then there's all this extra stuff about how we're tearing down these notions of the nuclear family and how things like, you know, uh, being on time is white supremacy. It's like all of these crazy concepts that they had. I got to maybe I need to un, to relist that video. But it's all this stuff that had to do with the culture and the family and gender ideology. And you're saying, well, man, I thought that Black Lives Matter was just supposed to be saying that we value black lives. But then I go to the website. Y'all got all this extra stuff on it. It's Marxist. It's communist. They self-identified, the, the leader of it said that she is a trained Marxist. I think her name is Patrice Colors. You can look that up if they haven't taken it down. Bernard says, the devil knows politics because their government is in heaven. Wow. Joseph said, this is when the worldly identity of, of idolatry that the so-called believers cannot. Man. Mm. Bernard says their idol is their blackness and their titles true indeed you, the idol is the blackness the idol is the blackness the idol also is the money because the Bible says choose this day whom ye will serve are you going to serve God or are you going to serve mammon it says you can't serve two masters for either you will love the one and hate the other. So the reason why I say that is mammon, it's money, is because what the Democratic Party offers is money. <laughs> they are the social services. They give the social programs. 
they're eliminating your student loans. Look into that, though. There's a lot of actresses that y'all need to pay attention to before you just start celebrating. Um, but, you know, but honestly, they hand out more money. Okay, they higher minimum wage, uh, more programs. Okay, cool, somewhat, because <laughs> that minimum wage, when it gets raised, it's going to reflect in the prices when you go to buy your burger because the person at McDonald's now has to pay everybody. I think in California, some lady wanted them to have $50 an hour minimum wage. So your burger goes from being $7 to now your burger costs seventeen dollars has gone up over a hundred percent because they got to pay all of these employees so what's going to happen what's going to happen is they're going to buy robots ai generated robots that can cook a burger that can cook some fries precisely that can take your order without argument take your order without you having to get into a fight with the daggone employee <laughs> I better not see nobody walking the Popeyes when they go fully AI. I don't want to see nobody in there fighting a robot. Okay, the robot just trying to do his job. <laughs> the robot gonna be in there. <laughs> the robot gonna be in there confused, like why this person tripping. I cannot give you an extra sauce. <laughs> you gonna give me an extra sauce? <laughs> So now you fight the robot, you're going to be paying $50,000 to replace their robot that you done got your cousin to come in there and shoot or something like that. Anyway, the reason why it's worship of money is because these black people and these black churches and everybody who aligns themselves with that party, no disrespect to anybody who does, you're free to do whatever you want. But they will accept the sin for the exchange of the money. Give me this program, give me that program, raise my minimum wage, uh, pay off, anything you could pay off, just pay it off. That's compromise. It's compromise. And I'm not saying that the, the GOP is just like, they ain't got no issues with them. The whole system, like I said, it's, it's a package deal. It's jacked up on both sides. But if we being honest, it's, it's clear to see which one at least pretends to like Christ. You know what I mean? They pretend you got these evangelicals. They pretend. And I'm not saying they're all pretending, but at least they operate under the premise of what we might call Christian nationalism. They just believe that America should be a Christian nation. Uh, you about to get, get somebody in trouble, Burnish. He says, Martin Luther King Jr. was a registered Republican. The so-called Negro invented the Republican Party. Interesting fact. I think you might have reminded me of that. I hadn't thought about that. But um, if you go back to the history of the Democratic and the Republican parties, you'll find a lot of stuff that I'm sure that you didn't do. Not you specifically, it looked like you hip, but I'm saying in general, if people do that, I think Abraham Lincoln, I don't, I don't know, let me let me, let me me do some some uh, 
some research before I start spitting out so-called history. Ashkenazi says student loans are a scam. I know for a fact that children of Masons do not pay for their college education. That would not surprise me. She goes on to say, therefore, non-Masons are funding the educations of the elite's kiddies. I believe it. I believe anything at this point. <laughs> Bernard says, it's funny how black preachers tell us don't be political. Yet when I read the Bible is political, read Exodus, Daniel, the book of Kings. I feel you, brother. He says, exactly. The black church sold out Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Oh, my goodness. Okay, y'all preaching too good. <laughs> y'all preaching too good. Sold out Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Mm. So listen, that's what I wanted to bounce off of y'all once again. Is this what they will label all real believers, right? What should we be believing about this nation and how it should operate? Do we gain our dominion? Through policy or is this a grassroots effort is it just this thing where you know what let them do what they do we just gonna spread the gospel focus on what we can control but I think it's important because despite its flaws I'm not saying America's been perfect been nowhere near that but I'm just saying like a lot of the, the, the way that we were able to gain this prominence was because of at least our acknowledgement of God and I believe that he blessed that even despite the flaws. I've said it before. I think the real tipping point is going to be if and when they take out that one nation under God. If they take that out, that might be the final straw. Let me make sure we got everything. Man, just, um, you know, we touched on the lawlessness about how you know what I'm saying? It's like the man of lawlessness is going to come and that's being ushered in as we speak. We talked about what is freedom. OK, you know, it's fascinating when you look at the laws, like if you look at certain laws in these states and you look at laws just in our country in general, you'd be surprised. Their laws against public indecency, meaning that you're not supposed to expose yourself a certain type of way. There are noise ordinances. There are laws against sodomy that are still on the books. What is sodomy? If you look up sodomy, if they haven't changed it, because once again, it's a war, a war of words. World War Three is a war of words. It is oral and anal copulation. OK, there are laws against that. It's all sorts of different type of laws <laughs> that really don't go enforced oftentimes um, because people would say that they're outdated. And so we talk about being progressive. I always ask the question, what are we progressing to? And from where are we possess, uh, progressing? Where are we progressing from? Where are we progressing to? That's what we really need to think about when you use terms like progressive. And can you really have a free country if you have laws? This is something I was thinking about driving the other day and I've been meditating on it. 
is it really free if we have laws? Is anybody truly free to do whatever they want? Because if it was really free, if somebody got on my nerves, I could pull out my 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 toolie and delete them, right? Because I'm free to do that. So the absolute freedom that we talk about was never the vision when we established this country. This idea of just being free to do whatever you want, that's something that's that's being progressively ushered in. And so, yeah, what role do believers play in the soul of America, right? And then the villainization about how this whole idea that anybody that believes that our rights come from God is an extremist and that they're aligned with Donald Trump (laughs) or MAGA. You know, um, he's the biggest villain in the nation. And so you see the associationship that they're trying to connect. Because if he's the biggest villain and they lump you in the same category with him, he's probably not even born again, to be honest with you. Like, I like Trump, but he said that he doesn't confess his sins. He doesn't feel like he needs to repent and all this different type of stuff. I don't know if he still thinks that, but that's what he said at one point. Anyway, the point I'm making is that they they will align you in that group. And now if everybody gets labeled an extremist and we're trying to move toward this progressive society of secular humanism, this progressive society where we have artificial intelligence that will solve our problems. I didn't even get into that. I don't have time now, but we have artificial intelligence that's going to do what we need it to do and handle our issues and tell us what the right and the wrong answers are. This is where we're headed. So I'm going to read a few comments. Oh, happy birthday, Ashkenazi. Praise the Lord. It's your birthday. I'm glad that the Lord bless you to see another year. He's been good to us. Man. Yeah, you still here in 2024. We, <laughs> we still fighting this good fight of faith. Praise the Lord. I hope you enjoyed your birthday. Bernard says, our nation is being ran by a cult of... Caligulas. I should know that word. Let's look it up. Praise the Lord. I still don't see a definition. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is about the Roman Empire. Yep. Yeah, we're headed that direction. We are headed that direction. Mm. Ashkenazi says, if this country was free, the elite wouldn't have a law that made a non-livable minimum wage. Employers would be able to pay their workers whatever they wanted. So the thing about it is this is an issue. This is really a family issue because, well, this is a this is a fiscal issue and a family issue. The first thing is most of the minimum wage jobs were supposed to be for like teenagers, okay? You want your first job, you go to McDonald's, you flip some burgers, you make a little money in your pocket, you earn your way up, 
it was never designed to be this thing where somebody, and I, don't, I ain't offending nobody in particular, somebody got five kids and they trying to make a living. And so I go to McDonald's and I, you know, p cook some French fries. And now it's expected that I'm just supposed to have a minimum weight. Those jobs typically were designed for up and coming young people. The problem is twofold. One is inflation, but also it's that the family unit, the homes have been destroyed. So when you so a two a two household, a two parent household or even a married unit, period, they statistically have more financial success. Once again, a product of feminism, when the feminism came on the scene. The end result is that it, it, if you look at what we have today, we are the fruit of feminism. We don't have to speculate. This is what we have. Marriage rates are lower than ever. Uh, men and women are just single. They're having less children, right? So because of that, you get unmarried people that are doing it individually. And they get into these low-skilled jobs, no offense to anybody, but but they're expecting to be highly paid for a low skilled job, whereas if they had a had a father to give them structure, they would have been able to build themselves up to get a better job. And or B, if they were married, they would be able to have two incomes in the house and be able to make something work together. So. It's a whole lot of factors that are being rolled into this whole issue of minimum wage. But the big the, the summary of it is that we have a large amount of people that have not been given the skills or the structure based upon a whole lot of things. Right. <laughs> uh, but basically based upon the way society is trending. And because of that, they're saying, hey, I got to live. But then it's like money doesn't grow on trees, even though technically it does. And so where's where where's this free money going to come from? It's going to come from the taxpayer. So it's a big mess. You know what I mean? It's a big mess. But here's a book recommendation. Ashkenazi says, read the book Nickel and Dimed how it's impossible to live on USA's minimum wage. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think anyone was ever supposed to live on minimum wage. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that that was ever a thing. Now there might've been a time where you might've had a low paying job. And even with a low paying job, you might've been able to get you a little point A to point B car. You might've been able to get you an apartment. I do remember those days where it was like you didn't have a horribly, you didn't have a an amazingly well-paying job. You could have a decent job and live off of that. So I do believe inflation is, is a big problem, but I might have to check out that book just to see what you're talking about. But I'm gonna leave you alone because it's your birthday. I'm not gonna disagree with you no more. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But yeah, so it's a mess. This is why we cannot have any hope in the world. We can vote. 
but don't put your trust in a political party don't put your trust in a person don't put your trust don't don't even just just do what the lord asks you to do you know do what the lord asks you to do if he asks you to fight a fight and it's a political fight do that if he asks you to go out and street preach do that if he asks you to make a christian movie do that just let him be the author and the finisher of your faith so listen family i thank y'all i appreciate y'all for letting me hang out tonight god is good love all the feedback um man i think we really covered this but you probably have been seeing this word and if you haven't been seeing it you'll be seeing it more this idea of christian nationalists christian nationalism and they're going to label it they're going to call it extremist and that's the real civil war that's going on i meant to say this earlier in my talk that's the real civil war that's happening in America right now is just the simple question of is America a Christian nation or not? So that's something for us to think about. Maybe we'll come back, discuss this a little bit more. But in the meantime, between time, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I enjoyed tonight's solid talk. You all take care and be blessed. It's a solid talk. Speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless, I can't even call it We in the last days, Babylon is falling don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only around the shell We say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna Keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flat
flesh wrestle against the spirit main event and slambery so i need them every day this daily weekly annually iron sharp as iron so i'm strengthened by my brethren we may not meet down here but guarantee the link in heaven the born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in